Hey, welcome to our Friday bonus episode on Midwest Shitfest. This week, I introduce you to my personal friend and gaming journalist, Sam Prell. This is a part of our new series where Sam deep dives into the games that excite him in hopes to educate me more on the ever-changing world of gaming. Enjoy! Welcome back, Sam. This is great. Thank you for thank thank you for being here. Thanks for coming back. This was good. Thanks for inviting me back. Oh, no problem. No problem. Um I'm excited to hear what you got to say. Last time went very, very well. Yay. I know it's not posted yet. Uh, <laughs> I think it went well. It went I think it well. went fucking phenomenally. Um a little update from the game that you talked about last time, Demon's Souls. If you haven't checked it out, uh, check it out. It's it's on uh, Spotify, on all the other podcast platforms that we are posting on under the Midwest Shitfest umbrella. Um, but you actually uh, continued your progress there. It looks like you almost 100%ed it, but you uh, got quite a bit of the trophies. I saw you shared that on uh, your Facebook the other day. So I got 100% of the trophies. But right. I okay. But I have not gotten one hundred percent of the items in the game. There is still one set of super secret armor and one uh, boss weapon that I have yet to add to my collection. And once I have those things, I will have obtained everything that a character can obtain in the game, and I will have all of the achievements. So at that point, there's really nothing to do except do PvP, and I'm not super interested in PvP. That's so. a dangerous, slippery slope. Any PvP is a, uh, I don't know, that, that I feel like it gets toxic pretty quickly. <laughs> Maybe not that game, but just I general, mean, my experience with PvP. But, you're, you know. No, you're not wrong. Uh, I mean, like the nice thing about PvP and Demon Souls is that it's like. There's no chat or anything. You're not hearing from the other person. Oh, and then they're not like good. making rude comments about your mother. <laughs> but it still is just like this is a that was a game that's more than 10 years old. So people know the ins and outs of it much better than I do. So I don't really have an interest in jumping into PvP with that. But anyway, Fair. we're not here to talk about Fair that enough. game. You're right. Ethan, you're right. What are you doing? We, we, are, we, are, we are not here to talk about that. If you want to know more about that. Should have listened to last week's. Yeah. But you got a new one for us this week. What do you got for us this time, man? Well, uh, it's funny you say new because I don't know if that's the right word. Uh, new this, for me, for this sure. Is, this is a game that both is and is not available as we record this on April 20th. Um, um, what? Is and is not... You know, you know what? I'm sorry. I'll let you go before I... So... Way back, our story begins <laughs> in the year 2003. Okay. Okay. Uh, with the release of a game called Drakengard. Drag Dragon Guard or Drakengard? Drakengard. D-R-A-K-E-N-G-A-R-D. Okay. Uh, it is an action RPG. Um... 
it's fairly standard as far as those sorts of games go. Uh, it it's not good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it it doesn't hold up. It certainly does not hold up nowadays. I don't know if it really held up that much, even it's, it's in two thousand eleven game. Oh, 2003. 2003. Oh, oh, we're okay. in 2003 right now. Okay, so we're way back there. Okay. Yes. Um, so there is a story uh, director, um, Yoko Taro. Uh, okay. That's, I feel like that name sounds familiar. Yes. Uh, so he is the director and script writer. So he's like in charge of all the story themes and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. So he kind of gives it this little bit of a darker edge than a lot of the games were doing at the time. Um, some more mature themes and uh, a little bit of weirdness. Uh, one of the other big things that he added was multiple endings. So depending oh. on what you do in the game, you can get different endings. Uh, there. like... That's a significant amount of extra work that people put into a game to do multiple endings. It's just like, ah, like you're arguably making way more work for yourself than you need to with a game when you do that. But you make a much but more impactful I was going to say, arguably. you make a much more interesting and weird sort of thing. Um, so what happens is, uh, spoilers for this almost 20-year-old game... <laughs> <laughs> the uh, uh the final battle is against this you're you're basically fighting a god, right? Okay. Um she consumes and swallows space time. Uh okay. which drops both her and the heroes into modern day Tokyo, Japan. Okay. Okay. I'm with you. After they get dropped into Tokyo, Japan, like all this huge fighting and shit that you've been doing uh, is ended like that because fighter jets come in and blow them up. (laughs) So, like, that's the joke ending, right? Okay. Okay. That's the joke ending to Drakengard, a 2003 game. Fast forward to 2010. Okay. Yoko Taro is the director of a new game called Nier, spelled N-I-E-R. Okay. Nier continues from the fifth ending, from that ending that I just described of Drakengard. So the joke ending... Oh, is where this picks up from? Is where this picks up from, yes. jeez. It takes place several decades after... And uh, has to do with like sort of a post-apocalypse scenario where uh, humanity is succumbing to this disease called the Black Scrawl. And it's basically like, so you know War of the Worlds, right? The the aliens come down and they're defeated by the germs because Mm -hmm. that's the twist. Because we're gross, yes. Right. So it's kind of the reverse here. When those creatures and dragons and stuff from this RPG came to modern-day Tokyo, they brought with them magic and germs and their whole kind of miniature uh, ecosystem with them, and that infected humanity, who was not 
ready for it or could not handle it, and it's killing everybody. It's turning the world post-apocalyptic. Hmm. So the game starts in 2049. This is the 2011 game this that is starts the, in 2049. This is, the, this is the 2010 game. Okay, okay. You do some stuff. Uh, and then Act 1 of that game takes place 1,312 years in the future from that prologue. Okay. Sheesh. Okay. You're with me so far. Okay. I, I think I'm, I'm... And we still haven't even arrived at the game that you're talking about currently today. Correct? Well, this... Yes and no. So okay. here's the okay. thing. Back in 2010... Okay. Uh, Square Enix, the publisher of this game, thought that Western audiences would not be interested in the game if it did not have, like, a burly, angry, gruff man protagonist. Because, huh. like, this was very much like the Gears of War era, infamous. Uh, okay. Every male video game character had a shaved head and a gravelly voice, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Japanese RPG characters were like effeminate boys, basically, right. like Cloud and all the Final Fantasy characters that you think of. Mm-hmm. So, in one of the wildest localization efforts ever made in the history of games, they changed near for the Japanese audience and the Western audience. So, in Japan. Oh. So in Japan, Nier is called Nier Gestalt. G-E-S-T-A-L-T. Okay. In the West, depending on what version you get, it is either called Nier Replicant or just Nier. Huh. Okay. So each of the each of these games is technically it's not just name different is there a few tweaks that are actually different to the game as well so the storyline is the same okay but in the western version you your main character's name is near right it's oh, named okay. after the main guy oh good in the western version he's this like 50 year old buff dude who's got like an eye patch and rippling muscles and like just looks like a lot more stereotypically Western protagonist. Mm -hmm. And in the Japanese version, he is a young boy who looks more effeminate and more like the uh, standard kind of JRPG protagonists. Okay. His quest is always to save a girl named Yona. Okay. In the West, that's his daughter. In the Japanese release, it's his sister. But otherwise, the story is exactly the same. So his seems relation like a lot of work to go through just to like do one thing because you think it will be received better if the character is a different. They thought that it wouldn't sell. They thought that Western players would not buy a JRPG action game if they didn't make near this super hardened badass type of guy. But that like it's one thing to be like, hey, we're just gonna replace like the skeleton that we've got with this one, like it's still the main character, stuff like that, but to have to go through and like also rewrite the story and change a couple of things there, it seems like it's more than just like, hey, we're gonna put like ah, that that's ballsy. Like that—that that seems very like to think it's gonna make that much of an impact. I don't. I don't. I mean, obviously. I mean, maybe you're gonna tell me it did. It made a huge difference. But uh, I mean, yeah. who knows how much impact it really had? It was kind of a cult hit. Like 
it is it's a pretty janky game didn't have the best graphics even for the time but man the story is amazing it is one of the best tales in video games um so it got a lot of like word of mouth and you know the small following but a very fervent following that was like mm. oh my gosh you gotta play near it's so good and nobody That's appreciates it yeah so now from 2010 <laughs> fast forward again to 2017 and the release of a game called near automata or near automata depending on how you pronounce it uh this one is another sequel that takes place much further um, into the same timeline. So you're not like seeing the same characters, although there are like maybe a cameo uh, or two, mm-hmm. but it takes place in the same timeline. But again, we're dealing like thousands of years. Okay. So that game is a huge success, way bigger than Square Enix was expecting. Um I can't remember exactly how many. That always uh, cracks me up. 5.5 million copies worldwide. And they were expecting, like, maybe if it did well. <laughs> they were like, maybe if this does well, it'll get 1 million. So it really exceeded their expectations. That's, that's always great to see a sequel to another game dwarfs the first game or even expectations that they had. We talked about Guitar Hero 2 the other day, and, like, no one was like, oh, hey, what about Guitar Hero 1? No, but that like that game obviously is different. There's no fucking plot or anything on that one. But like a game where there's actually a story to have the a later one be that much better, why do you think it did so much better? Just because it was... Well, we kind of talked about this with Demon Souls last week because Demon Souls was, in many ways, the near to Dark Souls being oh. the near automata. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think... Th- I think if you can get a strong enough fan base, people, you know, even if it's not that many people, Mm -hmm. if their excitement is high enough, they'll tell friends and the people who friend, the people that they tell will feel like they don't want to miss out on this new one Mm -hmm. because they saw how excited their friend was. So I, I really do think that, in these cases, they spread somewhat virally, the hype for them, because God knows Square Enix didn't put a whole bunch of marketing into <laughs> into the original one. They did they did give more of a push for Automata, but I mean Automata was still a game that was propelled by its story and characters and world, not for its graphics or it, it, I mean it's not a cutting edge game. It's a very, very good game, but it's nothing like, you know, it's not going to melt your computer or your PlayStation by playing it. It's not that kind of like a, wow, you've got to see it. Um, Those games are always super attractive, though. I do like that. Like, hey, you're captivated by a game, and it's not like, hey, you see a screenshot of the game, and you're immediately captivated by it. It's something that you have to invest a little bit of time into, but you see that, and like, wow, it pays off more than a lot of other stuff. Like, it seems easy to benchmark some graphics and have some crazy frames per second, some cool fight scenes and stuff like that. But then when you actually have, like, a plot, an o- like, an original thing that is better, that like, the, the basics, really, like, hey, you do the main thing well, people will still like your game and people will, will want to play it. Yeah. Even if you have some other bugs and some other issues, as long as you have a really good foundation. And the thing is that... Um 
automata spawned a lot of interest in the original Nier because people were like, oh, hey, I really like this game. I want to know more about the one that came before it. I want to see what that one's like. Well, like mm-hmm. I said, it, it doesn't hold up. It's not. <laughs> I played it in 2018, a year after Automata came out, because that's what I was thinking. Is I was like, oh, man, this is really good. I want to go see the other one. And it's it's janky, and I, <laughs> I can't recommend it. Um, so... Square Enix partnered with this developer, Toy Logic. They t- went back to the original game, upscaled the graphics, gave uh, a few characters a higher resolution model, new the voice, original new voice being acting. The one yes, the from two thousand, not the the two thousand ten one, right? The one yes. that you were like, oh, this will be great, not that great. Right. right. Okay. Okay. So they went back to the one that's like, this one's not so great. It doesn't really hold up. And they made it hold up. Like they gave it a fresh, mm. they gave it uh, an upscale. They uh, redid the voice acting. They added a few new things like um, a few new dungeons and challenges, some costumes. They also took the much more fluid and dynamic combat from near automata and swapped it in and replaced the janky old combat from the original near. So now you've got this game that is built on top of the skeleton of a game from 2010 <laughs> that <laughs> plays like a game from 2017. Is that the and, year that the the remake, for lack of a better term, came out? The the new painted version, if you will? So, Nier came out in 2010. Right. Nier Automata came out in 2017. That's the mm-hmm. pseudo-replica. Or pseudo-sequel. Right. Pseudo, uh, pseudo mm-hmm. Sorry. I said replicant because this version is called Nier Replicant Version 1.22474487139. That is literally the name of the game. And why, why would why would they do, I I I Because I mean, Yoko Taro is a madman, a genius <laughs> madman. <laughs> He's a mad. And that came out just or when when did this the the 1.4 April, point April or, 23rd is its release oh, date. Um, oh, so in 3 days from from, from recording out yet yes dang okay. that's why i was like it is and is not out you could play the original near oh if you really wanted to and get the same story but replicant has new gameplay and uh this version will be the first time that western audiences get to play as the japanese version protagonist oh okay man so so it's not a remake Right. It's okay. not even really a remaster. It kind of is, but it's more like a new developer came back and took a stab at how can we improve this and make it more like the 2017 game that everybody really liked. And so they, huh. like I said, they spruced up the visuals a little bit. Uh, I mean, these are still PlayStation 3 graphics. They're not going to wow you or okay. anything. Okay. Um, but they're sharper and a little bit more clear. And they gave it, like I said, much more fluid and exciting combat. So 
So it's not this slow kind of janky stuff that we were putting up with back in uh, 2010. Man, that's crazy. Like it's, it sounds like it's just different enough by a few degrees, like you said, to not call it a sequel, to not call it a remake, to not call it a remaster. Like it's different from all of these things just just barely that it's its own new game which i mean i guess makes sense to call it then the version 1.22 version- <laughs> for yeah <laughs> so i guess that checks out a little bit more now cuz it is its own breed of monster it's it's uh unique from everything else and i don't know many other game series that have done something like that either that have been like hey we had a successful one let's go back and remake these but we're going to do it right, I mean, aside from <laughs> Demon Souls that we talked about last week. But, you know, <laughs> aside from that one, but um, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe a lot of people are starting to do that. They find these series are really good and they want to reinvest in them. It's like a lot of sequel movies being made. But um, so the name, of the, the name of the game is Near Replicant. Near Replicant version 1.22. We'll just say 1.22. Okay, yeah, let's not be crazy. 1.22. Okay, excellent. And you said it was by... I know you've said it a bunch of times, but it's by Revenant? The the developer? Yes, this this new one. This new one is by a developer called Toy Logic. Toy Logic. Okay, that's what you said. Has Toy Logic done any other stuff that I would know about, potentially? Um... Not primarily. Um, okay. They have assisted with a bunch of other games. Um, uh, like they've they helped with um, Kid Icarus Uprising. They helped with a couple Dragon Quests. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, they're usually brought in to like kind of assist on on work that a studio can't handle by itself. Cool. Okay. But this is like kind of their first. I mean, they're also here building off the work that another studio has done. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, okay. Cool. Excellent. I I did look up a picture of Yoko Taro, this this yeah, okay. infamous writer of this story, <laughs> and the images I see of him, I. <laughs> can't help but know that I've seen images of him elsewhere and in other shit. Um, I know for now, those listening, you can't see what I'm talking about. I was going like, to say, do you want to describe what you're seeing? So what I'm seeing is... Think... that. So the pictures of this man online are similar to Daft Punk, where it's the idea that it's only this man in this helmet, and you're not actually seeing the man himself or the person himself. You're seeing just this th- that is his persona but it's just a circle like a perfect fucking sphere okay and he's got eyes that are just white and it's all kind of a similar color and just a massive massive mouth with way too many teeth way too many teeth and it's terrifying so that it's, is actually yeah. a character from near oh okay okay that, that is a character named emil uh, and Emil is frightening to look at, but is adorable. He is one of the <laughs> sweetest characters you'll probably ever meet. Uh, see, here's the weird thing. When I was sitting down thinking about what I wanted to talk about with this game, I wanted to talk about the story because the story is so good. Right. Uh, yeah. And 
the story hasn't changed. Like I said, this is the exact same story oh. that happens in the 2010 version. So I'm not spoiling like a fresh new game. <laughs> it's 11 years old. <laughs> that's, but that's good. I don't want to give away like, oh, well, why? You know, like here's Emil, this scary looking skull thing. <laughs> what do you mean that he's cute and friendly? I want to see why he's cute and friendly. Okay, well, I don't want to tell you why. <laughs> so but I do, but I don't. You, has it been confirmed that it's the same plot line? Yes. Or like, it, okay, is the, okay. it is the exact same game okay. in terms of its structure and storyline. Okay. But the gameplay is what has been upgraded. Um, okay. <laughs> so since I, since I don't want to spoil this game... I thought I could spoil a little bit of well, don't talk about Don't talk about version 1.2.2. No, no, no. Just talk about... Well, yeah, yeah, okay. All right, that's fair. Yeah, Automata, right, the, right. The, the game that takes place thousands of years after this and doesn't really impact the, right. the characters. Yeah. Um, the one that got people so interested that Square was like, hey, do we want to go back and like redo this 11-year-old game? Um, Maybe we should do this. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Near Automata has you play as an android who wears gothic Lolita dresses and a blindfold and wields a katana. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she also has a robot that shoots laser beams. Um, and she is sent to Earth to help cleanse it of the machines that have taken over so that humans can safely resettle it after they return from the moon. Oh, naturally. Yes. Um, that's the setup of (laughs) Automata, and it only gets more insane from there. Oh, good. What a... Uh, like what a build. One of the one of the kind of more obvious things that you'll probably see coming is the machine menace is not mindless. Like they keep saying at the beginning, don't feel anything for these machines. They're just mindless. Mm-hmm. Their monsters kill them. Right. And it doesn't take long before you're like, mm, I don't think they're <laughs> mindless. Oh, and eventually, I've been lied to. <laughs> Eventually, you come across a settlement of peaceful machines. Oh. And uh, two of them are named after French philosophers. Uh, one is named Pascal, named okay. after... Um, I don't know how to pronounce his first name because it's French, but... Blase, I guess? B-L-A-I-S-E, Pascal. He was a mathematician and philosopher. Um, And then there's another one uh, named Jean-Paul, named after Jean-Paul Sartre. So these are philosophers that dealt a lot with uh, the nature of man and existentialism and, uh, like, theories about god and his god math and all these sorts of crazy things um so like you meet these robots that have taken on personalities 
not of oh. their own development, but they're like oh. they like accessed information about these things and then modeled right. themselves after them. And then there's like another robot that even though they're all like sexless, featureless cylinders and orbs, <laughs> one identifies as a female and is like has a crush on Jean-Paul Sartre and he's a dick about it. And- <laughs> It's like, no, you're not hot enough for me. Uh, So, like, these are the types of characters that you meet. Also, uh, you meet a character. She, while you're out adventuring, she's fishing. And she's like, yeah, you can have this fish if you want. Just don't eat it because the mercury in it will kill an android. So if you go into your inventory and choose eat, you immediately die in the game. That's that's commitment right there. I like Uh, that. That's that's always good. The the even kind of crazier one or uh, sillier one is since you are an android, all of your menu options are presented in game as part of your operating system. Like when you press the pause button and go into your (laughs) options, it's not you as a player opening up a game's options menu. You're opening up the android that you're playing as operating system so that you can change her settings. That's really cool. And if you remove her central processing unit, you die and the game ends. (laughs) You die. Is this... I know you talked about how the OG one, the Dragon Guard, that one had multiple endings. And then this whole kind of thing spawned off of the fifth ending of that one, the joke ending. Do these other ones, that uh, the one, obviously, the quote-unquote remake here that's happening, or even the Automa... Automata? Auto... um, that's yeah, happening. no one knows. Do those for sure have multiple endings? That one. So, or no? Yes, they do. Um, and oh god, I, I mean, it sounds I, like I you're... really want to talk about how good <laughs> one of the endings is. So, one of the uh, near replicant will have right. four, at least four endings, unless they added another one. They will have four endings because that's okay. how many the original near had. Uh, I. I won't say what happens, <laughs> even though it's super freaking cool. Maybe I'll tell you after we're done recording. Yeah. Uh, but it's really cool and very clever. Um, yes, it will have four. Near Automata has 26. Holy shit. Now, some of those are joke endings. Like the two that I just described, those are two possible endings. That makes sense. Yeah, that checks out. And it's 26 because it corresponds with each letter of the alphabet. Oh. Man, there's a lot of detail that went into this. This is not a like half-assed game. Not that like you could make a game that would sell 5 million copies as a half-assed game. But... Uh yeah, that I I love intricate detail on shit like that that is like, "Oh my god, it was all connected" or stuff like that. Yes, if um, you love throughout. the "Oh my god, it was all connected," uh Near and Near Automata for sure are up your alley. Um like I said, the main reason to get into this in the first place was the story. It's just nice that now Near Replicant version 1.22 is adding gameplay that isn't going to make you throw your controller. Oh, I do like that. That is a bit of a change of pace from last time. Yes. Um, no, this lack- is it's a challenging game, but I would not call it a particularly difficult game, like not frustratingly. So, OK, good. Um, 
Have we even talked about what genre of game it is? I don't know. Yes, if, it's an action. Oh, okay. ar- yes, it's an action okay, RPG. You did say that. Okay. So you've got that. like abilities, and uh, like you'll explore. Um, you don't level up quite so much as you would expect in a lot of RPGs, but you do get more powerful. Um, you get new abilities and stuff like that. But it's more about the action, so like the moment-to-moment combat and dodging, exploration, that sort of stuff. Okay. Okay. Um, it sounds like with the amount of endings, that that definitely increases your replayability. Uh, without a yes because uh if i recall correctly you can't get the true ending on your first playthrough you have to go through more than once that's because something happens at the end that completely reframes the entire narrative man you are just itching i gotta keep asking questions around that and eventually i think you'll crack I'm like, how much can I give away without, like, ruining it? Um, What I will say is that, like, when you start playing, you're going to be like, what did that stuff at the very beginning have to do with any of this? Like, was Mm -hmm. it just a setup for, oh, this is how the world came to be post-apocalyptic and now a thousand and some years in the future we're back to, like, feudal society? Like, you're at first it's very confusing how these even tie into each other and then it becomes clear um you'll also notice at the very beginning that the character you play as in the prologue looks exactly like the character that you play as a thousand some years later (laughs) so you're like the whole time you're kind of like was something's going on but i don't know what just and... enough for you to write off of like, oh, cool, they're keeping things simple for me. That's nice. And then the <laughs> second you write it off, they're like, psych, it was all connected. Mm. Yes. Uh, yes. I Again, I won't, I won't spoil what happens in this one. But the reason that I talked about some of the endings in Automata was because that kind of gives you a sense of just like how off the wall some of these ideas are. Yeah. Um, in the true ending of Automata, not Replicant, in Automata, in the true ending, um, the credits of the game turn into a bullet hell sequence where you have to, like, shoot the credits like what? you did in, like, Star Fox. <laughs> or not Star what? Fox, Super Smash Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, your little ship and you're firing upwards... On a 2D plane, just like those old arcade games. Right. And you have to destroy the credits. And uh, that's from the first ending, or that's the second ending? This is the true ending of oh. Automata. Okay, okay. Um, and you, if you're, like, insanely good, maybe you can do it by yourself. Mm-hmm. But odds are you won't be able to. There's a certain point where it just gets really, really difficult. You can't hit them and dodge all of their bullets that they're shooting. Um, So every time that you die, it asks you, do you want to give up? So what you're in this moment. What's happening is the main character is trying to, like, reboot his programming so that he can have free will and live 
like right. live a real life instead of a life of a robot in service. Right. And that requires him to delete the c- credits because they're the people that made him. Get it? Right. Yeah. Oh, man. So he has to go. So that's what you're doing is you're basically hacking, quote unquote, the game to destroy the creator so that he can live his own life untethered from the people who made him. But like I said, it gets really hard. You can't really do it by yourself. If you say that you give up, then the character gives up and you get basically a bad ending. (laughs) You Uh, get a bad ending. Because the character has given up. Um, But if you keep saying no, you don't give up, even as it gets frustrating and hard and difficult, if you refuse to give up, other ships will come in and start helping you. And those ships are generated from other character or other players who played the game because once you get done with the true ending, the game asks you if you will sacrifice your save file to create one of those ships to help a stranger. You You will never know if you actually went and helped somebody, you don't get to actively help them. You create something that goes to help somebody else. But to do that, you have to give up all of your save data. Oh, And you can't man. get this back. Oh. Like, it this deletes... Is like, it completely deletes everything. They are playing with elements of the gaming world that I sound like have not been played with with anything else that I know before. Like, this is very immersive right in any way do you see why automata got so much like word of mouth like you have to play this game yeah uh automata is probably in one of my top 10 games of all time because it is so clever and does so many things like that and this game near replicant is where a lot of those ideas first started and you can see a lot of those ideas Kind of in their, I again I described this with uh, Demon Souls, but you know they're in their sort of protoplasm form, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're some of them work and some of them don't, but they're all really interesting and different and unique. Uh, like there's one point in the game where you have to go into a mansion, and the game that has had a free flowing camera this whole time suddenly goes into static views of hallways and the house is laid out almost exactly like the mansion from Resident Evil. (laughs) And this is a horror portion of the game where, like, something bad and scary has happened. Then you go into the basement and it's like, oh, there's, like, a whole dungeon down here and all these monsters. Well, now it turns in, the camera goes and goes up to the top and looks at it isometrically. Now you're playing it like a Diablo game. That's sweet. Yes. Uh, at one point, you go to a forest, and the game fucking becomes a text adventure. <laughs> like, because the character gets lost, and right. the screen just goes black, and then text appears, and it describes everything, and you make your choices, and it becomes a text adventure for a little bit. That's... How... I, I I mean, the more you talk about it, the more I'm not surprised at how successful this game was with just the, like, hey, we've got every genre in here. We've literally got something for everyone. It's going to be great. That, uh, man, that 
this sounds really really appealing like yes. it does and, and even if you're like hey i don't think i'd like that it sounds like hey why don't i just wait for this point like man oh yes there are so many of those kind of moments where you're just like just as you start to get into the swing of like okay this is a standard action rpg this is the main hero and he's going off to rescue his daughter or that was the original version in this one it's going to be rescue his sister mm-hmm just as you start to get into that, you're like, wait a minute. That guy's a ghost. <laughs> that guy's a robot. That guy's a monster. Or something like second. that. Where you're, <laughs> where you're just second guessing everything because the game has shown that it doesn't abide by strict rules of those. There genres. are no rules. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. Oh, yes. man. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, where you said it comes out on the twenty third of April. Yes, which I guess this will not be out at that point. Um, so sorry if you're so listening to this. The game is now. already out. Get yeah, get the, out right <laughs> now. Uh, where what platforms? That's that's hold on so, to that. So the original was a um, the original was a PlayStation three exclusive. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, that exclusivity has not uh, transferred over. It is going to be available on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Steam. Nice. 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 Where Was that where uh, Automata? A, a, a tomato? A tomato, if you will? Right. Nobody knows how to pronounce it. Uh, Automata started as a playstation 4 game but it okay. is also now available on pc and xbox oh nice dragon guard is still available only for the playstation 2 and i would not recommend playing it <laughs> just it, gonna save you a bunch of time there don't even bother even dragon guard 3 the most recent game in that series uh it is unplayable garbage <laughs> <laughs> unplayable garbage what um uh what do you I know you were kind of hinting at this before where it, it changes every now and then. Like Once you're like, hey, it's a regular action RPG, things get changed up. How do you think that plays for your learning curve? Do you think it does have a fairly easy learning curve? or? Yeah, the you- thing is that even though you're switching genres, you're never diving like... You know, you're not you're not getting overwhelmed with these sorts of things. It's more okay. like little bits of dabbling in these things. Um, you know, it's not as deep as a, like a Diablo game when I compare it to that. It's not as deep as or as challenging as some of the like shoot 'em ups or what have you. They dip into those genres to make you think about things in a different way, not to like overwhelm you. Mm hmm. I think it has a very, very manageable learning curve. Okay, good. Absolutely. That's that's at least the original did. Like I said, this new one has new gameplay. It could be more challenging. It could be a whole new, um, whole new beast. Yeah, Automata had a really great system for accessibility. Um, because you are an Android, you can slot in different uh, CPU chips, basically, right? Right. And one of those chips, for example, was an automatic dodge. So you Ooh. don't even have to push the dodge button. She'll automatically do it. Ooh, I like that. Now that takes away spots for other things. So like you couldn't do that one and some of the really cool like weapon upgrade stuff. But 
if you just want to play the game and don't want to worry about dodging because that just you don't have the reflex for it or what have you i do you can turn that on and just let the game basically take care of that aspect for you i don't know if replicant has similar accessibility options but they have talked about and said in interviews that they want as many people to be able to play this one um as possible really cool man uh the other thing i want to talk about with this real quick is the amazing musical score ah i was just about to ask about the soundtrack and what that's like that's so great so score yes sorry so the um composer for near and near automata is uh i'm gonna hopefully not butcher his name keichi okabe and um his work actually won a whole bunch of awards when automata came out um the original near has just as good of a soundtrack it didn't win any awards like Hmm. the pseudo sequel did but it is still it's the same kind of style uh, it has the same really ethereal and wonderful vocals, courtesy of a uh, woman by the name of Emmy Evans. Uh, I really cannot recommend the soundtrack to either of those games hard enough, uh, particularly um, a song called Kaine, K-A-I-N-E. Just a really, really beautiful song. Um that you could listen to to relax, to, even if you don't know that it's from a silly action video game. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it won it won Best Score Music at the Game Awards 2017. It won um, Excellence in Musical Score from South by Southwest. Ooh. Uh, it won the Audience Award at the Game Developer's Choice. It was nominated for... Um, Game of the Year, Best Role-Playing Game, Best Narrative, Best Storytelling, Character Design, Writing in a Drama, Game Design and Game Innovation. Uh, Man. Yeah, it's a good good series. I'm really excited to... I have played the original Nier, like I said, the PlayStation 3 one. Right. I'm going to play this one. (laughs) <laughs> I I already know everything that happens, and at first I was like, you know, maybe I can skip Replicant version one point two two. I I already know it's not that big a deal, and then I see it, and I'm taken back to those memories of playing it for the yeah. first time, and I'm just like, oh, it's so good, it's such a good <laughs> game. Okay, okay, fine, I'll buy it, I'll play it. <laughs> fine, stop yelling at me. That's crazy. The amount of like without them doing anything, right? The amount of hype that would already go into this right so like even if you like just the amount of wards and how things are stacking up like take away the factor that you're obviously sam and super excited about this game right now like i mean take away those factors of just like hey this is how well the last game did we're remaking quote unquote remaking one of the original ones that kind of kickstarted this this is going to be intense right here we've done really well we're or, or remaking it, it's going to be available on pretty much all platforms, or not all platforms, but like all major platforms. And like, that's that's quite the the hype to live up to. Honestly, is that 
that's also a nerve-wracking thing. You do that, you build that up a lot. You could totally let people down. Like it's hard. Those expectations are very, very high to make a very detailed oriented game. But it's it's like that perfect area where again they've already told you, hey, this is the game from 2010. So like you know what it is. So like if somebody doesn't like it it's like well yeah we were not limited by our old game and stuff like that but like there's like the perfect it's a perfect setup is really what it is like there's no way that this game could do bad um i don't know maybe i'll be wrong but uh yeah i mean like it's i'm really curious to see how it will be received because i'm i'm wondering how many people will that have played the original will be like I originally was where I was like, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I, I already know what's going to happen, so I don't need to play it again. And how many of them will give in like I did and be like, oh, OK, fine, I'll give yeah, it another it, go. It's been 11 years. I think I think you are definitely one of the few people that would have said, no, I'll be fine without it. A game 11 years ago, any game that anybody got into that long ago, and if they were like, hey, we're going to make a new one, you know that people would eat that shit up like that would like how could you not if you have any good memories about that that's the perfect amount of time to really just remake one that's not too new not too old really oh man ah that's that's got to be that's got to be real good um i did want to ask you now this might be a more difficult question but it sounds like this game is very very high up there you said it was in your top 10 games of all times or at least the game series um or automata, Near Automata sorry, is one of my top ten. I I would be happy to add this one as like a tie or like a add on or something. Right. Uh, the only reason that the original isn't is because, like I said, the original's right. combat is super janky and not particularly good. <laughs> but <laughs> what I mean, so it's got pretty pretty high bar there. But are there any other games that you think would be similar? If people enjoy this game or another game, what they would really, they would gravitate yes, towards this. I can, uh, so, so Toy Logic is the developer of Replicant version 1.22. Um, however, they are modeling their combat and gameplay after the gameplay of Near Automata. Near Automata was developed by Platinum Games. Okay. Uh, Platinum Games does excellent, um, like, action combat games. Uh, they, you probably know them from Bayonetta. Oh, yeah! I know Bayonetta. They developed Bayonetta. Okay. Uh, so obviously I can easily recommend either of the Bayonetta games. Okay. They also did a game called Astral Chain, which is more recent. Okay. Uh, that's a Switch exclusive, and... Ooh. Uh, that one I would only recommend if you're like really into anime and those sorts of storylines. It's very kind of extra in that way. Okay. Um, they also did Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, which okay. is a real title. <laughs> which which is real. I'll have uh, you know. that game has a lot of the same like absurdity and fourth wall breaks and very fluid combat that this one does so that oh, one would man. be a really really good one yeah um and if you want to get if you want to try one that is going to be a real love it or hate it 
uh, a game called Vanquish, which I was heard that name before. It was basically Platinum coming out with a cover shooter that was like screw cover shooters. Because <laughs> Gears of War was really huge at the time, right. and every game wanted to have chest high walls that you could hide behind and then like blind fire over and all that. Well, Vanquish was like. We're going to make one of those games, but we're going to make it where it's stupid to do just to do third, <laughs> like to do that sort of fighting. So you're like power sliding around and you're like, you've got jet boots on, you've got like power thrusters on your back and damn, it's a very sci-fi sort of thing. Uh, okay. but yeah, I would highly recommend any of the Bayonetta games or Metal Gear Rising Revengeance if you want to get a sense for... The combat uh, okay or okay. of course near automata right yes naturally yeah <laughs> that'd be the the easy one of course well man um i the only other question that i have on the docky here that i mean i feel like you've covered pretty well but like do you have any personal connection to the to the game? I mean, it just sounds like it's been such a great game through and through plot wise. I mean, you're really tied into it into 2010. 2017 um, was just as much. So, I it, mean, I don't know how you wouldn't, but I did get to interview um, Yoko Taro and Kaichi Okabe. Uh, and so go on <laughs> on my phone. I do have a picture of me sitting with them. Man, uh, and that was a fun little interview. Jeez, how long uh, ago? Look was at, also, if you don't play the games, just look up interviews with Yoko Taro because he's wonderful and insane and uh, so entertaining. That's always oh man. Okay, yeah, man. So many, so many new things that I've been exposed to with this game that I'm excited to go and look into later obviously play the game for sure since it's on something i can play it's not on the the ps5 exclusively mm. <laughs> uh man this is great okay i'm excited um you should check it out by the time that this is released it will definitely be out um maybe we'll do one maybe maybe i'll i'll play it and then i'll talk about it on consume this week and actually uh give my review of it personally or uh see what it's like after we have actually played or i have actually or you have actually played the uh the the regular version or not the regular version the the new release that's coming out here we'll see um otherwise that's about all i got man thank you so much i'm hyped i'm excited i i just want to know more about it and the only thing to do is wait until it comes out now damn it oh well, you only fuck. got three you only got three days or you know what spend those three days playing through near automata mm, to get prepped and get ready to, do you think i could complete do you think do i, I think could complete you, it in that time i think you could get to the true ending yeah okay you believe in me that's nice yeah that's nice well, you're gonna get. You're gonna play through the first ending, and you're gonna be like, and then you're gonna start the second one. You're gonna be like, "Huh, this is mostly the same." And then it's not gonna be the same. <laughs> and, then and then it's you're gonna not. Be like, "Oh my god!" And that's as much as you're gonna give away about the plot. About uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> I mean, other than all the stuff I've already spoiled, but right, I think you yes. were. I think you're so excited, you may have forgotten some of the details I said. Oh yeah, no, definitely. That's kind of what I do here. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Well, thank you so much. Uh, this has been great. We will uh, we'll we'll chat with all of you next time. Thanks for stopping by. <laughs>